Welcome to The Knicks, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we've got a review of The Haunting of Bly Manor, plus thoughts on the 40-year-old version and the season finale of Lovecraft Country. Hey, Fanny, what scared you most? The creepy kids, the Shoggoths, or the Scottish accents? Ah, I think that was the accents by a wee bit now, ain't it? As always, a plea to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts app, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you're able to do such things. I don't even know what half those words mean, but you probably do because you're smart. (laughs) Um, As we mentioned, our main topic this week is The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, This is Mike Flanagan's series. Um, He did Haunting of Hill House last time, which we had mixed thoughts on. Go back and listen to that episode. He is now back with a second season that is based on the works of Henry James, especially Turn of the Screw, which was uh, made into an excellent 1960s movie called The Innocents. Go watch that if you haven't. Um, There are some returning faces from the first season playing new characters. Henry Thomas, Victoria Pedretti, Oliver Jackson Cohen. uh, I can still not say her name. Um, Carla Guigano Um, yeah they come back and it's a whole new story Um, there are new actors in this Tania Miller and Rahul Kohli Um, yeah what did you think of Haunting of Blind Manor I think we're going to do non-spoilers first Uh, this is dropped you know whatever almost a week ago so we'll just make this really quick if you haven't seen this did you think it was worth watching yes short answer yes uh, without any spoilers, I found it to be quite eerie, uh, well acted, if not well accented. I enjoyed it. I thought that the kids were good, and that's not always true about children. Uh, interplay between characters was good. I give it a go ahead and go watch it without any spoilers. So do you want to give it a rating just for people who don't? Oh, for, for people without spoilers. Yeah. yeah, this is on the high end of nice. Right, just to refresh people, our rating system is nice. Uh, well, well, let me start with worse. Nix, not for me, nice, uh, or incredible. And somewhere in the middle there is necessary viewing when there's something that's good but not necessarily nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. So I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was nice. I enjoyed this more than Haunting of Hill House. I thought it sort of had more compelling characters. I cared more what was happening to all of them. Uh, it, you know, a lot of people are talking about how it's not as scary. I actually found it more scary kind of in the beginning, especially just cause it was a really creepy, slow dread thing. Um, I, I didn't think haunting of Hill house was really scary at all. It's like just having some like, you know, jump scare, broken neck lady things wasn't, really my thing this has a, a, a much better sense of dread uh, that sort of pervades it um i, I agree it. with that a lot um and it's odd because i think that if if you're taking shirley jackson what should have been scary is the dread is the i don't know if this is happening in my mind or if there's something actually terrifying coming for me and that's what's so terrifying about her and what she does so well so the fact that they dropped the ball on that 
for Haunting of Hill House and just made it cheap jump scares was a very odd choice for me. In this one, they really did the the dread better and the something coming down the hallway or over the bed or in the corner of your eye. And that's what creeps me out. That scares the shit out of me. <laughs> this one right. scared me a lot. Parker and I did a lot of the, oh, no, no. Oh, no, I don't like that. No, we're not doing. Oh, no. <laughs> So. Well, I think that's a good segue into spoilers. Should we do yes. it? Let All me right. Uh, one, um, you know, literary bastardization. Two, uh, ladies bad in the lake. Accent. Three, bad accents. Uh, take it away because I feel like you have some questions about the accents. Uh, uh, no, no, we're going to play accent cop. Right. Yeah. So I ask you how you felt about the accents. Like, I don't know, Henry Thomas. So I have basically right now the um, the swinging light bulb, you, you know, do. giving me the full <laughs> witness interrogation. Um, I thought it was fine. It may just be the hot nose uh, Henry factor. Thomas? Oh, wait. Oh, Henry Thomas. Sorry. Henry Thomas. We're not going to that one because that's the worst. Okay. I know. <laughs> hey, no spoilers, bad accent cop. Um, no, Henry Thomas, I thought was fine, too. I didn't. Yeah, I had no problems with any of them. Oh, my God. Oh, my good Lord. Okay. And Oliver Jackson Cullen, you, you thought this was a good Scottish accent. This is what you think Scottish people sound like. For all this, once again, slowly, for all the Scottish people out there, what did you think of their accent? You thought this was a good representation of their culture? It was not Austin Powers, and it was also coming out of that face. Okay. Austin Powers was played for laughs <laughs> and you know a parody so not as bad as played for laughs and a parody i i don't care what his nose looks like justin <laughs> that was borderline <laughs> insulting wow and what about and the, it uh, sounded like go ahead the narrator no what did you think I thought she was fine. I like literally if you a, a, a better game would just be like guess who where these people yeah. are from because you okay. know I don't even know that. That's what I'm going to do for <laughs> next time. I'm going to be guess who was doing an accent. Right, right. Yeah, All right, because we'll, we'll revise this game. Yeah, we're going to re <laughs> we can't play it with Rebecca because which dropped this week because you already know that Army Hammer is not British, but <laughs> otherwise we're going to play this game, damn it. Nice. I love it. Okay. Uh, um, wig cop and old people makeup cop. Uh, also not good. Yeah. I, I didn't really notice. I did think the narrator looked a lot like, um, like Brit, like British Holly Hunter. That That's fair. <laughs> but Justin, after our night at the shed and you telling our friend from maybe 10 feet away that the most ridiculous wig I have ever seen on a human being and the most obvious wig short of being like holographic you know, was, oh, I really like your hair. I this don't is totally true. <laughs> no, I am this happened. I am a, a really lousy gay guy. Like yeah, you're not oh God. And then when I was I kind of like made big eyes at you, like Justin, it's a, and you thought Frank be nice about his hair. I know. <laughs> Who knows? Frank, you know, our friend Frank is a you know, elfin sort of Peter Pan, I, who knows? Maybe he can grow crazy long hair and we wouldn't even notice it in COVID. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You gave me this look like, Fanny, I'm being polite. <laughs> Shut up. 
So Bly Manor, it's yes. good. Okay. We liked it. I thought it was moving. I did want to talk yes. a little bit about um, the sort of queer kind of trope stuff in it. Um, I, 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 was, I was reading some stuff online about how it sort of did the usual kind of you know, kill the kill the repressed lesbian storyline and spoilers. Yes, technically, but I I don't know. I thought it challenged that a little more than than it's been done in the past. It wasn't necessarily like a tragic thing, right? I and and that, I think that is the difference. Is a it wasn't a tragic thing. B she was yes she was repressed up until the point that she lost the fiance and and went on you know, her quest, but pretty much the minute she met Jamie, she wasn't. And, you know, she had some questions, but mostly her questions were, I would like that ghost to stop staring at me while I kiss you. You know, right, right. that's, and that, it, that's just Fair. good sense. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and she, once they fought the fight together, they had, I mean, by my math, at least, 10 to 15 years together and where they lived a life. And eventually she sacrificed herself for everyone else. And, and everyone was happy about that. And, and they didn't, I didn't feel that this was a, you know, kill the, kill the queer or kill the repressed gay person at all. Um, I just, in fact, I was glad they celebrated that part of this, this story and made their love, something that was that they that made them stronger that made them fight you know that that made them better against the forces of evil and yeah and she doesn't seem like the survivor doesn't seem traumatized she seems almost like emboldened or resolved or there was something that i liked about the way they handled her post Absolutely. Her, her love. Um, Absolutely. Also, I really want to give a shout out to um, both uh, Tania Miller and um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Raul Coley. Uh, that storyline, so sweet. Oh, um, so just good. such the heart of the story in some ways. I just was completely wrapped up in their storylines. And um, I don't know. I just really, I want to see more of Tania Miller. She's amazing. I've heard she's in the, the Years and Years, the British version. Um, I'm totally excited to go check that out. She is, I couldn't keep my eyes off her. And they were both really good. So. She was great. I loved. I did love that story. I liked Raul in uh, I Zombie, which I, I liked a lot, but I thought he was one of the best things in it. So I was happy to see him in this. I I did find his mustache distracting because it <laughs> made him look like Tesmos, Ted Mosby with a British accent, accent from How I Met Your Mother. So that was distracting, but <laughs> but he was wonderful, and I liked. The, they're, they were the kind of the heart of this found family, and and I liked that a lot. I thought the kids were really good, uh, so particularly good. the little boy uh, when he had to embody the the spirit of Peter Quint. Um, I thought he did a great job, super unsettling and and mature for for the the way he his you know his face looked. It was it, he did a good job of being eerily masculine and mature and i it, it was well done um i i did see the hannah being dead thing coming i gotta say um, i didn't see i was pretty like surprised by most of it and i i love the innocence but i didn't remember a lot of the plot points so i was right. kind of just like you know hanging on every on twist and i just didn't well, see it 
I, I thought there was one scene in particular in the kitchen where the little girl basically has an I see dead people line, mm. a la the sixth sense, but also turn of the screw itself. People that the nanny, the au pair thinks that she's seeing are, are ghosts and are dead. So I, I kind of was like, oh, along with the I see dead people scene, Hannah's either dead now or is going to be dead later and not know it. And so I did yeah. see it coming, but I didn't take anything away from it. And one final thought, I really, for me at least, I thought the, um, you know, Mike Flanagan is the sort of creator, producer of this, but he directed, I believe, all of the first season episodes and these all had different directors. And I think that was a good call. I think maybe I, that's not his forte. <laughs> I agree. I do think it's interesting that he has taken these two basic properties and ideas that were both made into very interesting and, you know, subtle horror films, if you will, even though very scary, but subtle horror films from the 60s. And and I'd be interested, interested to see if they get a third season, what they'll do with it. But I think he definitely has a type of movie that he is interested in recreating and investigating. And it is these sort of repressed horror films, if you will. So what, it, what would you want from a third season? Any ideas about like what a... The, the uninvited would be interesting, I think, oh, in that same great. vein in the sixties. That 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 sort of like subtle black and white, scary, you know, and it's ghost. Because my other one from you know black and white, super scary. There's nothing you can do with Night of the Hunter, but uninvited is is at least still horror. Oh, that'd be good. I'm trying to think of one that I would like. Um, maybe one of, like a good witch one. There's some good 60s witch movies. I'm That's forgetting true. the names, yep. but um, we could do a good. There's one. There's a really crazy one with. Um, it's like the witches during the sort of dark ages, and there's a big tomb mm -hmm. that closes with the spikes. Whatever that movie's called, yep. it's great. Um, yeah, Val Luton. He should look into Val. All the Val Luton movies too. Maybe yeah, some good okay. stuff there. Cat people. Mike Flanagan, because you're listening. <laughs> right. Listen to us and and take these things and and call us. Maybe we, we got can notes. work out some sort of. Yeah, we got notes. We can work out some sort of like sponsorship deal. Just give us a shout. So we also wanted to talk about. Uh, Lovecraft Country, the finale dropped. Um, it was very uh, drama packed episode. We, I think we're going to go just full spoilers on this because it's been a few days. Um, if you're watching Lovecraft Country, we're guessing you've probably already watched this. So, uh, yes. yeah, we're going to just dive into thoughts on this. Um, what did you think of the finale? And, and then also what and then you got to give a grade for the whole season. Are we going to do the grade for the whole season just up top? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's sure, fine. I'm, I'm happy to do yeah. it. Okay. I loved the finale. I thought it was brilliant. I still think this show is a masterpiece. Um, and I, it's, it's not even a question in my mind. I think this is incredible. I think this is mandatory viewing. I loved it. Oh, so it gets an incredible and a necessary viewing. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Nice. That's right. Double N. <laughs> right. Um, I, yeah. Do you want to just talk more before I go? I mean, what did you love about it? What did you? Oh, okay. We're going. Yeah. I forgot we were full spoil spoilers, so right. I was trying to be like you know, right? Stick in. I I love that it took this novel that was, as you have said before, incredibly well researched and well meaning and 
a fun romp and handed it over to a group of people who said, thank you. Now we're going to put our heart and our soul and our trauma and our pain and our pride and our joy into it and turn it into so much more and make it a fun science fiction show that people want to sit down and watch, but that while you can't look away from it, we're going to make you investigate, investigate yourself, investigate your prejudices and your, the, you know, all of your thoughts of the way that you view the world and you have to sit and look at this and, and I think that was a real theme of the show anyway. And I just, I thought it did it brilliantly. I thought it did it unflinchingly and unapologetically. And I, I just adored it. I thought the performances were amazing. I think there were many star making performances uh, in this show. And I really thought it was so smart on so many levels and so much about shared trauma and personal trauma and family trauma and what we do to each other and how maybe we need, how if we bind, bound together instead of blaming each other, maybe we can do something about fixing that trauma, at least for each other. Nice. You? <laughs> I'm going to give the series as a whole for me a nice i think it was a lot of fun um i will say i think the last episode was a borderline not for me next uh, i felt the same way about the final episode as i did the second episode i think that overarching artem plot was just not very well done uh, not really that satisfying. Um, I did not know kind of what they were doing with all that frequently, like literally, like I just did not know what was happening and I had to go online to figure out, you know, why um, like Ruby was, you know, reincarnated. I mean, not Ruby, uh, Letty was reincarnated because Christina said the spell, like I, that, and I looked online and a million people didn't understand that. No, I so. get that <laughs> a million people didn't get that. And I, only caught it because I of the way I was watching it. Um, I was watching super closely, and I was kind of like there were lines that I weren't wasn't catching in the closed captioning, so I had like gone back fifteen or twenty seconds, right? And then I had to kind of like think, oh, I, I see what happened here that she whispered the spell, and then I was like, well, but why would she do that? Yeah, and my. I investigated and what in my mind and my assumption is that she did that for Ruby, that right. she thought, you know, if I'm ever going to, if I have any chance of redeeming this with her, I can't kill her sister. Right. You know? And so a, a lot of the sort of plot stuff, I guess was, and again, I know this cause I read it online, not cause I understood it was in, <laughs> um, you know, what's her name's flash forward visions of the future. Um, right. And they were so quick. And I was Very just like, yeah. I, I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking at. So some of this is just kind of direction for me of right. this, of this episode. It just felt rushed and sloppy. It's funny. We talked about in the beginning, like Buffy, this felt like a little bit like a bad Buffy episode to me. Um, well, and you know, Shannon Houston loves her Buffy. Yeah. The writer. Yeah. It had a little just of that when Buffy was bad, it just felt like kind of bumpy in a like awkward way. Um, and I, 
I, I, I'm so very caught on Montrose's portrayal. Um, just feeling a little like I'm not sure what the point of that character was. And that was a new addition from the novel. Um, I mean, it wasn't a new, having him be queer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to make of that. I just felt a little like he made a really horrible sort of decision halfway through the series by killing this two spirit person, which the show really never like what was the point of all of that there was a lot of like loose ends throughout the course of the season that i felt like what why did we do that what was that for um i will agree with you about that uh that scene and and that decision to 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 make that i think the main reason was then to show how it upset tick in his you know to show that he cares about about those about those people in scare quotes right. as I an mean, idea, that's, but that's when rough. they're his, yeah, no, I get you, but <laughs> yeah. when it's his dad, he has a very different feeling, and and this and that his feelings about his father being gay are more tied up in his his feelings about, but you beat the crap out of me because I wasn't supposed to be soft, and now it turns out that that you were just proving to the world that you weren't soft. Right, and I I get what they were trying to build there. I think there were other ways to do it besides kill a two spirited person. I, I agree with that. I don't know that if there's a season two that that won't come back. Right. I do think that the scenes that they ended up having in the last two episodes between Montrose and Tick, and who Montrose now that he is able to say to his family who he is. Right. That he has such an opportunity to break so many cycles and be there for Tick and Letty's kid yeah. and not be this person. And that that Tick let him go with that, like let him go with the love and let him go with the do this right and be there for my son and and we'll be cool, you know? <laughs> right. And I liked that imagery and I I get why they decided to do that. But... I- you yeah. Know. I also um I'm not sure also Gia's character was uh particularly well used or, or rounded out. I mean she was basically Deus ex foxtail at the end of this thing. Um just like not really any substance other than just uh you know letting go of her kind of feelings for Atticus and just becoming part of the family. In that right unbelievably sweet and wonderful car scene, which I do want to call out was to me like the best scene in that entire episode. And one yes. of the best scenes of the series. Um, yeah. Sort of, again, chosen family, big theme of ours, but like, yeah. And <laughs> closing wounds and, and coming together for the greater good, you know, um, yeah. I, I, I loved it. I love again, Anjane. I can't pronounce her. Uh, sorry. Anjane. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but I have learned her first name and I will learn her <laughs> last name by the second season who uh, plays Hippolyta. God, I just think she's great. I think the woman that plays Ruby is great. Um, and I do hope they bring this back. 
And I know that you have read the book now, Justin. Do you want to say? Yeah, that? yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed the book more than I thought I was going to. I was very nervous about reading the book. I was, first of all, like I hadn't heard anything about it before the show started, and I was like, "Oh, it must just be terrible." It's pretty I good. I hadn't either. I had no idea it was a thing. I was yeah, because you said I've I put the novel on hold. I'm like, well, which one? <laughs> right. Which Lovecraft? Lovecraft? Also, I right. hate Lovecraft. Right. <laughs> Fortunately, the show has very little to do with Lovecraft. Yay. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, I just thought this book was totally a good read and exactly like you said in the beginning, I think it is well-researched. It is, um, you know, there's a lot of good intention there. I think it's sort of crafted better, like mechanically in a way it's obviously a different medium, but I really sort of liked how he tied all of that stuff together. Um, but you know, I do and I will say this is why I give the show a nice, especially as I do think that sort of lived in real experience of the, the showrunners and the, the creators. And they really imbued it with a sense of kind of experience and shared trauma and experience that the, the novel does miss out on a little bit. Um, so it's it's funny. It's like I liked it better in some ways. And I also found the show more emotionally satisfying in other ways, if that makes sense. Um so I'm very split on that, have, as you can tell. <laughs> I get that. I yeah. have two more things before we we wrap up and go to. I did what, what you saw there. Um, I want to ask you, I know we had differing feelings on this, and maybe you were trying to avoid it, but I wanted <laughs> to ask you about how you felt about Dee's journey. Uh, go ahead. No. Anything <laughs> no, <go> ahead. specific? <laughs> nope. Or just in general? Um, just in general. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, I don't know her name, the actor, but I loved that character. I thought the uh, the Jigabobo character uh, episode was probably the best episode in the series. I mean, maybe that or the Tulsa one really kind of stuck out to me. Um, I don't the the very last shot was definitely a little weird to me. Also, I didn't totally again another thing like I didn't get. I didn't understand that that was like Tix Shagath that he had somehow bound oh, to yeah. her. I didn't, where were we supposed to glean that other than... Because in the episode where they make the Shoggoth, the first time it shows up and it jumps in front of him, that right. is a completely different Shoggoth. That's the dark Shoggoth so, that Letty and Tick made and trained and, you know, so he had, so it was there to protect the family. And How did they make it? I missed all of that. I'm, it was in the magic. You have okay. to stop watching the show between your fingers, Justin. <laughs> I think I'm also, um, uh, we all know I'm face blind. Maybe I'm Shoggoth face blind. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a different Shoggoth. Oh my God. Most of the Shoggoths are like, you know, pink. This one is much darker. (laughs) Weren't they surprised when the Shoggoth burst out of the ground? Like, who's this Shoggoth? Yes. I mean, they didn't know that's how the, what their magic was going to create, but they had created the spell of protection and Letty had the, you know, the, the, invulnerability so they created a shell of cell blah, 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 a spell of protection and then it burst out of the ground they didn't realize that it would be their own shagath but they did create it and by doing protection magic this is not my original thought i saw this on twitter but i was like uh-huh yet another one after an entire episode about do not leave d alone what do they do in the final right? episode they leave well, her alone in the car well that's a theme though the <laughs> Turning while trying to protect someone and worrying so much about what they're doing that you, especially with children, that you abandon them while you're yeah. trying to protect them. And and I think that 
I'm looking somewhere else because I'm busy trying to protect you. And I can't see that a, you can protect yourself and, but, and B that I'm leaving you alone to, you know, get eaten by a Shoggoth. Um, so maybe that final shot where she takes definitely a slight turn to the, the vengeance side. Well, maybe this is, if they reckon with this, then great. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. First, she had every right to strangle that motherfucker. <laughs> the woman tried to kill open. most of her. I don't know. Yep. Now I'm getting to that. Hold on. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Uh, yes. The woman killed her father. Okay. I'm sorry. Kill, killed her father who she loved dearly. Fucked with the rest of her family. Probably just killed basically, you know, I mean her cousin, but also basically her uncle and all kinds, you know, a man she grew up with, but also all of the spells that she was reading, don't watch between your fingers, had to do with, in order to get magic, spilling blood. So just watching her stand, just watching her die, the woman was dead anyway, wasn't going to get her magic. Oh, that was spilling about magic? Her blood. I literally did yes. not even realize that. Spilling her blood is a step that needed to be taken for her to get magic. It was in the book she was reading. Which book? The when when she had the big book in front of her, okay. The the talking about spilling blood was wow. part of it. So that yeah. was actually important for season two and the fact that she needed to spill blood. So she's gonna go full willow, I'm guessing. I don't think she'll go willow. <laughs> I think she just needed it's it's their family's magic. She yeah. wanted to take it and she deserves it. But I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess really when you're dealing in these somewhat comic booky uh, like rights and wrongs is that kind of vengeance to get magic. And here's the thing. (laughs) Yes, it is. And here's the thing. Christina would have done it. Christina did do it to them. Right. You know, she didn't give a shit about any of them. She didn't, you know, she, she thought that, you know, going through the motions of, of feeling of even trying to feel what Emmett Till had felt was enough and and would give her something and but but really she she said it flat out no i don't care so why is it that d was supposed to care about her well we're we're not holding uh christina up as a moral sort of paragon no but i'm also not gonna hold d up for you aren't you know you shouldn't have done this i think she had every right to do it I think at, at the cost back her family's birthright. Yes. At the cost of her, her fam- mental trauma from. I don't think I, her somebody. mental trauma. I don't, I don't think that it, the, the character, I don't think killing with what they've shown with that character. I don't think killing someone is going to mess with her trauma any worse. In fact, I think it was shown to be a bit of strength and no, I, I, well, it's interesting because Tick, I think, also has dealt with the ramifications of killing people in the war. Right. And if they, if they address this. His was this, way less justified, though. If they address this in a meaningful way in the next season, I will be intrigued. I don't think they, see, I don't feel like they even need to address it in a meaningful way. I think D's killing is way different than what Tick did in the war. I understand that he was a soldier and it was under command, but D's killing way more justified way, you know, yes, it may have been revenge, but way more earned and does not need to weigh on her conscience. The way that, uh, that Tick's kills late, laid on him, the, the meaninglessness of this, this was not meaningless. 
This right. woman inflicted pain on her family, killed or her father, was dying anyway. And so I'm going to get some blood. I'm going to take your magic and you're done hurting my family. Yeah, the vengeance part of it would weigh. I, I think the vengeance was very small. Yeah, I don't think so. This I, is where I felt I don't a, agree it with felt you. a little Game of Thronesy to me. It felt a little like HBO was like, "Yeah, more Arya death." <laughs> I thought it was way. I don't. I don't know. I did not get that at all, and i I don't. I don't think they need to reckon with it, honestly. Right. Which brings us to if they need to reckon with it, what do you want to see in season two, Justin? Oh gosh, I don't know. I could. There are parts from the book that I think uh, they could still adapt. I, the devil doll from the book. I know they sort of yes, please adapted that story into the uh, the Jigabobo storyline. But that devil doll was pretty spooky. If a little bit of a ripoff of uh, Trilogy of Terror with Karen Black running away from the the crazy doll. I don't know if you have ever seen that, but um, nope. It uh, yeah. I hope. I mean, I here's my total wish list, right? Here's Justin makes it better show, but it's just like Justin makes it for him show. Um, <laughs> that part. A little less gore. Like, I think this show, one thing that I liked about the book was it was not very gory, even reading it. And I, I think you can make a scary, good thing that deals with trauma and real pain and history without going so over the top with some of the squishy gore. It just was like... I felt like that was just piled on there for ratings and attention and it just didn't need it. Um, I, I, I sort of hope that it avoids a little bit of the true blood trap of, and I get true blood vibes from this show a tiny bit. Like it, the overarching plot was sort of not great. I liked the individual stories much better. And if there's a way, I know that at some point um, the, the author of the book, Matt, this is Matt Ruff had said that he thought it was like X Files, but like with you know a black boulder and Scully set in the, the you know the sixties, and just go with that a little more. I, I kind of like the overarching plot should be very sort of pushed to the background. They need a new bad guy. Clearly, I, I'm done with the Braithwaites. Bring on yep. somebody new. Um, and also, you know, to say what I said, deal with the ramifications of, of what happened. Um, also, Rudy and Tech are going to be back. I'm, I bet you anything. I, okay. As much as what I want to watch is a show about Letty and Tick and being the new Ozzy and Harriet with their adorable small children, I want that with all of my heart. I hope the show, again, taking a cue from Game of Thrones, has the bravery to leave tick dead. I hope that they can do that. Maybe you can have flashbacks or have him in some sort of fantasy scene or something. I hope they can do that. Um, because I think his sacrifice was important. And I think that, that by doing that sacrifice, he left a place to break cycles. And I thought that was a good message. I, it will break my heart to watch Letty raise George on her own, but I hope they they have the balls to leave him dead. I think this if is they an will or Angel not, season two of Buffy situation, frankly. So, um, <laughs> and I Ruby, I do, I think they will bring her back. I don't think that the, the implication at all was that she was dead, and right. so it's a matter of can they find her in the stasis condition that she's in in the you know basement of wherever Christina was keeping her. Um, I don't care if they. I mean, I want them to reckon with the way the family had to do, you know, whatever fallout came from that. I don't think they need to reckon with D. 
I want to watch Dee and Ruby go to many different worlds and play with the machine and and go to planets in space. That would be super fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hippolyta and Dee yeah. go to. I mean, Ruby can that's, come that's sometimes. <laughs> no, Ruby can come. Yeah, Ruby's cool. Totally. I like Ruby. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to uh, other things that we did? What you saw there, our, our sure. feature where we talk Let, about it. Let's do it. Okay. Hold on. I have to drink. So okay. if I'm going first, I have to take a drink of my drink. Well, I only have two things. So I'll go. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw mm-hmm. 40 year old version uh, on Netflix. This is Rada Blank's um, directorial debut. She also stars in it. It is about a uh, woman in New York City in Harlem, basically nearing 40, and she is a playwright who has sort of, uh, you know, gotten early acclaim in her life and is now feeling unfulfilled. She decides to become a rapper, um, as sort of a midlife career crisis, and uh, finds some romance along the way and uh, just sort of figures out, you know, what she wants to do and where her kind of balance is. And, you know, she thinks a lot about her family history. This is a very sweet movie. I liked it. I want to give a shout out to my friend Peter Kim, who I knew a million years ago in New York in another life. Uh, is in this movie as the gay best friend. Uh, he is delightful. I'm super proud of him. Go, Peter. It was awesome. Um, Rada Blanc Blank is really wonderful in this. I think watching her performance and her kind of directing herself. She really knows exactly what she's, she's doing. She's got a great sense of humor um, that really comes through in this. She was originally, I guess, a writer on, she's got to have it, the TV show. And there's a lot of Spike Lee, like early Spike Lee baked into this or the rhythm of it. It's in black and white, Um, but it's not, it's not derivative. You know, it sort of feels like its own thing. It, the not for me parts of this, I will say were it was, a little long and a little like TV-ish. And I wonder if that has something to do with her background. Like there was sort of a sitcom-y thing that took a while to get going. I feel like some of the targets were a little easy. It sort of made fun of like New York pretentious theater scene. It's funny, but we've all also seen it a million times. So I I don't know. The strongest stuff with this was really just her own story. Um, I'm going to give it like a nice, I think it's worth watching on Netflix. Um, You know, I think your enjoyment of it will sort of depend upon uh, how much you mind that sort of TV cutesy rom-com this, which it does have a good touch of. Um, I also watched My Octopus Teacher on Netflix. Uh, did not expect to watch that. Did not expect to cry at it. Uh, this is a documentary about um, a weird guy who uh, has also like a midlife career crisis breakdown. He's a filmmaker, uh, although this is a real do- real story. And he goes uh, diving. He's like lives in some beautiful coastal area and he likes diving and he finds this octopus that becomes his slightly creepy best friend this is a little like grizzly man and teacher yes yes best friend and teacher um it's like grizzly man the warner herzog movie without uh the guy dying at the end so if that sounds good to you um i would give this like kind of a borderline nice it seems ridiculous and i think this guy is probably truly creepy and kind Bonkers. of weird and maybe filmed like five different octopus octopi and pretended it was one who knows i don't know I, there's nothing i can say about that but he did get great footage of this octopus you know fighting off sharks and just kind of crazy stuff and i i, I did like the idea that it was really kind of about how you can't you know distance yourself from your subject as a filmmaker even when it's 
a nature documentary. You know, you sort of want to be this dispassionate Richard Attenborough side, you know, voice in the background, and you know, nature just has its way, and it really gets it how that's Death hard nature hard to do, right? Like he wants to interfere and save this octopus, and I felt it. So that's what I did. Um, what do I you think got? you get to interfere and save the octopus. Yeah, I think that's I mean, the thing you get to do. I, I was fine. I was thinking about that definitely. Okay, I'm going to start just because it's a good segue and we're moving from one topic to another with a uh, tiny world, which is also uh, supposed to be a nature documentary. It is on uh, Apple TV plus it is narrated by Paul Rudd. He of Ant-Man, I get tiny fame. It is all about teeny tiny little uh, creatures in different environments. Uh, the desert, the garden, Australia, because everything's trying to kill you in Australia. <laughs> and, I do not know how much of this show is CGI and I'm not going to look it up because I do not care. This is the cutest show. It's very sweet. I have cried <laughs> at this show <laughs> about little tiny, tiny creatures we trying to save their homes this week <laughs> and their babies. And it's so forget about a carpenter bee that builds a home over its baby, even though it's never going to see its baby because <laughs> they don't live that long. And the little home has to, there was crying. I'm going to cry now if I keep talking. This is beautiful. I don't care how much of it is CGI. If you look it up, don't fucking tell me. I don't care. Nice. <laughs> Watch this show. It is so sweet. I'm going to I'm gonna put it so far. I, I haven't watched it all, so I have two episodes left, so I can't give it a grade. You can save your grade. Yeah, I'll save my grade. It's so cute. You guys, you have to watch this. <laughs> um, I watched You Should Have Left. This is a borderline neck nicks. This was $2.99 Amazon rental. It was $2.99 I would like to have back, as well as an hour and a half I'd like to have back. It's like, you know, a ghost story. Like the house is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Kevin Bacon and Amanda Sedfried. Yeah, I said that. They're a couple. She's, what, 30 years younger than him? They do at least sort of try and deal with that. Like act like their ages are inappropriate, but whatever. It's boring. Slightly creepy and ultimately just completely unsatisfying. I have nothing else to say about it. Don't watch it. So it's, it's borderline next. It's yeah. it's an X. It's you know, I, I everyone in it, I still love you. You're great, whatever. It's you should have left movie. your living room couch, am I right? Sorry. You should have left your three dollars in your pocket. <laughs> right. Is what you should have done. Those three dollars that you had on your get on your Amazon balance should have been back there. in your balance. <laughs> On the other hand, Day Trippers right now is free on, I think we found it on HBO. This is Liev Schreiber with really bad hair. He he is aging well. We love you, Liev Schreiber. He of the Banana Republic and a very tall person. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> I've seen him in Banana Republic in Brooklyn. That's for anyone who's and, new here. And he also has a non-binary child, so Liev and I are meant to be. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Parker Posey. Hope Davis, Stanley Tucci, who's aging backwards and is strangely much more attractive now at 60 something than he or 50 something than he was at 30 something with the weird like bald person mullet. Um, now, did you have trouble understand. not thinking of Mitzi, whatever it is from Central Mitzi, Park? Mitzi. 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 No, you dope. My drinky drinky <laughs> hand is empty. I didn't because he's so unattractive that I couldn't wow. even associate him with Bitsy, who I love. I love yeah. Bitsy. I'm, I'm, uh, 
and uh, Campbell Scott, who is proof that don't ever pick the floppy haired cute guy because go look at pictures of Campbell Scott now versus Stanley Tucci. Now always pick the Stanley Tucci. <laughs> uh, really does and Mira, Pat Scott. McNamara and Marsha great gay Hayden. Nice. Uh, Harden, sorry, in the best friend that you always want that you meet at a party role. It's this is kind of a like a you know a script classic. Probably could have been a stage play type of thing. They made a lot of these in the late nineties where it's really all about the dialogue. Plot is a crazy, wacky, somewhat dysfunctional family all pile into an aging station wagon and drive into the city to find out if the older sister's husband is cheating on her shocker spoiler alert for a 23 year old movie he's cheating on her with a man um <laughs> but everybody in this is good the script still is strong and funny and has Liev Schreiber as the pretentious like boyfriend of Parker Posey who the parents love and talks about his novel that is about a guy that is a normal guy except he has a dog face and he tells like the whole story of this novel it's I had forgotten how good this movie is it's out there you should search it out it's good to watch <laughs> uh also free on HBO Max um and Justin, I know you hate it when I talk about watching animation with other people. Uh, I know <laughs> I know it breaks your heart just a little bit. So sad. I mean, you did see whatever and the witch Mary and the Witch Flowers, so you got some points, but those I points did. are getting taken back. Unless you but usually like, when I watch animation with you, I watch it with my arms crossed <laughs> and I don't particularly like it afterwards. When I watch it with um Mitch and Layla, I usually really like it. I yeah. watched the entire <laughs> However your pushers are able to make this work, I'm mostly pro you watching good animation. So, you know, I'm it a bigger person. May or, it, as I said to them last night, it may or may not be a cuddle factor. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you bring me two very cute people that will cuddle with me while I watch a show. Maybe you'll have better luck. All right. <laughs> so I watched Over the Garden Wall on HBO Max. Uh, I think this is 10, 20 minute episodes. Melanie Linsky plays a adorable bluebird uh, who is trans flag colored uh, in her coloring. Sorry for lack of having other words. And she's beautiful. Her name is Beatrice and she's my favorite character. Uh, Christopher Lloyd plays a spooky uh, ha uh, hatchet man, axe, axeman, Ooh. woodsman, something Ooh. like that. Okay. Uh, Thomas Lennon from uh, Reno 911 voices at least one character. Um, Shirley Jones is in this. Weird. Maybe I can get Dave to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure. She's only in one episode, but you don't have to tell him that part. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, she's Sean Cassidy's mom, so we love you, Shirley Jackson. Sean Cassidy, my best friend on Twitter. <laughs> and Elijah Wood. This, this is a story of two brothers trying to make their way through uh, maybe haunted, maybe has werewolves wood. Uh, woods and to get home that's incredibly sweet it's very good it takes maybe you know three hours of your time so worth it i'm glad it's on hbo max now really liked it i'm gonna watch it yes i think you should i think you would actually i think you would really love it and that you would maybe cry nice i uh watched i talked about this on our preview amc uh soulmates this is the remake of the australian show about in the near future 
Can we talk about what filmmakers think we're going to want in computers in the near future? <laughs> sure. Because I am not going to want like a giant clear screen that I navigate with my hands so that any person can come in and see everything that I'm looking at. I'm just not going to want that. I, I'm not, I'm not going to want it. <laughs> I'm not going to want a clear phone that anyone can see what I'm doing on my phone. Why are these tropes? Why are these things that people think we're going to want? I am so tired of seeing somebody on an obviously green screen, like swiping their hands across it and like enlarging whatever screen they're looking at. So absolutely anyone can come in and look at it, especially if you're cheating on your wife. Right. And your wife is in the house. I think a real more accurate prediction of our future relationship to technology is just looking at your phone and throwing your cup of coffee directly in your face and then just put right? it in <laughs> Thank you. I do not understand why this is what they think we're going to want. Because I don't want this now. I'm not going to want it in 50 years. Exactly. Anyway, aside from that, and aside from the fact that AMC thinks that this is their next, next like, prestige, woohoo, it's Mad Men of the future, and we should have, like, slight, we should have definitely post lots of previews for next week and your favorite scene from last week and sort little interviews from the characters about what this week meant. It's not, it's not that serious. You guys, it's a show about people that take a test about their soulmate and then like hijinks ensues. <laughs> sometimes it's supposed to be scary. Sometimes it's supposed to be sweet Sarah Schnook was in the first episode. Her episode was good, mostly because I love her so much. David she? Constable Who's was. Sarah Schnook? Uh, she was in. Uh, she plays uh, Shiv on Succession. Ah, uh, she's an Australian actor. Uh, David Constable, who's on Billions, which is not as good a show as Succession, is in the second episode, which is kind of more thriller. The first one's kind of like interpersonal. This one's more like fatal attraction type thing the third one which is probably been my favorite is much sweeter and it's not just because it's about a polycule okay it's because it's about a polycule a what <laughs> a polycule a poly it's situation a uh, polyamorous uh, situation but what was the last part of that poly cule cule is that yes. a thing? Like like an like a <laughs> like yes. a molecule, like but a, a molecule, <laughs> but a polycule. Yes, I have not heard that. Educating yes. the uh, the olds here every day. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, the third episode. If you're going to only watch one episode, watch the third episode. AMC has already renewed this for a second season. I will watch it. I think it's interesting enough. It's nice. It's fine. And book wise, I read all of Swamp Thing Twin Branches, which is Maggie Steve Otter's uh, rendition in the Swamp Thing graphic novel universe. Nice. I probably would have known, like, understood a lot more of this had I realized that it was an origin story. Had I realized that Swamp Thing was actually like a thing about some guy named, you know, named Alec Holland. And but I, I didn't know that. So instead, I read a graphic novel about Alec and Walker Holland, who discovered that their dad is cheating on their mom and go off to the country to hang out with relatives the summer before they go off to college. And one of them super into plants and is like trying to create a potion that traps plants, memories and feelings. And then you can take them and feel the plants, memories and feelings. And yeah, become Swamp Thing. 
I tried to read, I think, the Alan Moore Swamp Thing, and I did not make it pretty yeah, that, far, I gotta say. Yeah, that was a thing. Well, if you want the origin story to a book you didn't like, written by Maggie Stevewater with some good art, I will I will read anything Maggie Stevewater did. This was a pleasant half an hour that I spent with this graphic novel. But again, I think it if I had done a little investigation prior to reading it, right. I might have enjoyed it more. Right. So we're going to give that a nice. Cool. That is, oh, I have one thing to say. I nicks re-upping Dexter. <laughs> I don't want to see any more Dexter. The finale was like the pole. Okay. If Six Feet Under's finale is the pinnacle and the best finale that ever existed in TV ever, and you can watch it alone and still cry and cry for a month and understand everything, and it's brilliant and a beautiful piece of art, and is one everybody go watch the Six Feet Under finale. Okay, that's that's the top, right? Right. The polar opposite of that is the Dexter finale. It it ruined every character. It was stupid it was long it was boring it had a completely implausible ending for dexter and part of the reason that they did it that way was because they thought they had destroyed characters to the part to the point that that showtime could never back up like a dump truck of money and people would come make more so they're making more of these. With Michael C. Hall still on the same yes. creative team? Are they yep. just like picking it up exactly where it I off? don't know. Okay. I don't think they've got that far, but they are they're re upping it and I'm again it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not for it. <laughs> I nix it. I'm not okay with it. As somebody who never made it past like three episodes of the first series, like yeah, I concur. So. I watched the entire series. I watched everything. Yeah. And mostly worth and it I, until the, the ending. Mostly worth it until basically the last season and a half. The last season was eh. the finale is, yeah, you just fucked that. You screwed like a line of pooches. <laughs> it's not even one dog, okay? It's like all the fucking dogs at the dog park. It's the worst. That is, it was that's a vivid oh, It was a Nyx in a plaid fucking shirt. It was the worst. <laughs> All right. Where can they tell us their thoughts on the Dexter uh, reboot, the uh, or finale, finale um, or the finale or, you know, tiny creatures hanging out with Paul Rudd, all of it, all of it. You can find us on Facebook. It's at the next podcast. Just search for it. You'll find us. You can send us a regular old email. No one does. Whoosh. That was my email sound. <laughs> whoosh, yeah. whoosh, at and to do that, you need this address, which is motion to Nick's at gmail.com on Twitter. I think Justin is back on Twitter because the devil called to him and whispered in his ear. But on Twitter, we are at the next podcast and I am at Fanny V darling. And I'm at Justin Hartung. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.